an honor to talk to the former MVP quarterback of the Raiders, Rich Gannon. Kind enough to join us. Rich, great to talk to you again. Let's just jump right in. Raiders were in a great spot coming off Thursday, Thanksgiving, beating the Cowboys. Played a poor game against the Washington football team. What did you see looking at the tape as the Raiders took a step back? You know, JT, it's frustrating because, you know, I feel like you and I have had this conversation before just one too many times. It's like every time we get to this point in the season where we're hoping for consistency, we're hoping for a team to take off and go on a, a stretch where they win five of the last six, we just we take one step forward and we take two steps backwards. And, you know, you look at the Cowboy game and, you know, after – coming off of some really difficult losses and, and, and uh, really at, at a, I, I thought a turning point, they go into Dallas on a short week and they really play well and they really stick it to them. And then you think, all right, well, maybe this is a turning point. And then you come back the following week and you get, you know, you get extra days to prepare and to heal up and you play Washington and you can't, you can't close it out. You can't finish the deal. And just, just too much inconsistency really when you look at their overall body of work. I think that's, for a lot of Raider fans, is what's really frustrating. I, you know, I, I, I get it on my radio show as well. These Raider fans are just going crazy. They just, they just want a, they want a team that they can just count on, that they can rely on week in and week out. And in fairness, as you look across the landscape of the NFL, there's not a lot of those teams out there this year. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. a lot of teams that, you know, you look at, you know, Miami. They, they win the first game, they lose seven straight. You know, now they've lost, they've won five straight, and. You know, there's 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 a handful of teams that, that that got it going in the right direction, but too many teams have been kind of up and down, and I think the Raiders certainly fall into that category. Yeah, Rich is a problem at Allegiant Stadium, and the losses twenty to nine to the Bears. They lost at the Giants, only scored sixteen points. The Bengal game in a loss at home, thirteen points, and fifteen against Washington. But they have a quarterback who's second in the league in passing yards. So now Raider fans are wondering. Is there an option downfield now that Ruggs is obviously gone forever? They bring in Deshaun Jackson, and there seems to be a lot more passes underneath short of the sticks. So what are you seeing? Is it protection here? Does Derek not have the time, or does he have to make more plays outside the pocket? Gigi, let me, let me just give you my thumbnail sketch, and I've watched every game the Raiders have played this year. So uh, in years past, it's been a little bit challenging. I usually don't get, get caught up until later in the week, but um, you know, I've watched all their games. I watched the, obviously the Dallas game from start to finish, the Washington game. So, obviously, you know, not having Darren Waller affects everybody, and there's no question about that. Uh, the, the one player that's really stepped up is Hunter Renfro. You look at his production the last two games, and you'd expect that. But you know, I said last year, you know, going into this year, that, that Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards really need to take the next step in their development, and. You know, um, obviously, the, with the rug situation, um, that's no longer a part of the equation. But Brian Edwards, in my opinion, it needs to do more. It needs to be more action. It needs to be more production. It needs to be more consistency. There needs to be more big plays there. That that hasn't happened. Uh, even I would say the same of, of Zay Jones, who has shown flashes. You know, I think that Sean Jackson at this point uh, is just a guy that you know can give you an explosive play. But I think, you know, you have to look at the number of reps, and I think you also have to look at who he is. He's not um, he's not the most physical guy. He's he's not going to do a lot for you in terms of the running game. So I think a lot's changed. I think the, the thing that I'm most disappointed about, I would tell you, aside from that issue in terms of the, the lack of development at that position, is the lack of production from Josh Jacobs. I just 
to me, there's flashes. You know, I know he's it was battling battling some injuries there for a couple of weeks. I know there's been some issues and some changes with the line at times, but like I just don't like when you look at the lack of production there, and that's what I think is really shocking to me because I think the guy is really a talented back. Uh, whether it's an issue of them not you know sticking to it and committing to it, because I just feel like when he gets the opportunities and gets the carries. Uh, that he can really do some damage, but you know, if if you're using him and it's how you utilize him, I just I, I look at the lack of production this year. He's yet to rush for 100 yards. JT, just look at the numbers: 34 yeah. yards, 40 yards, 48 yards, 53 yards, 29 yards, 76 yards, 16 yards, 37 yards, 87 yards against the Cowboys, which was one of his best games, and then 52 yards. That's not enough from your lead back. It's just not enough production, and that affects everything that they do. It affects the play action game. It affects the quarterback's ability to, uh, to to do some things in the passing game. He has not been as uh, nearly as good in the passing game in terms of the screens and some of the the checkdowns and those type of things. So that to me is is is, is a big as uh, a big part of the problem offensively as there is because that's something that I thought they could really kind of hang their hat on and it just simply hasn't happened this year for for the Raiders. Rich Cannon, the former MVP. You know, Rich, you know better than anyone. I got to ask you what you think's going through Derek's mind right now. He lost his coach. He lost his top wide receiver. What do you think the impacts had on Derek and the depth here with this offensive line? It's not a great offensive line here. Fans want him to put the team on his back. You put the team on your back multiple times, but I think it's fair to say you played with a better roster than Derek did, and you elevated your game to an MVP level. What do you think Derek has to do here in the next couple of games to try to save the season for the Raiders? You're right. I think he has to take it take it upon himself. And I think at some point you just you put your you put your your fist down on the table and you just demand you know things get done a certain way. I I think the continuity with he and, and Greg Olson has been good. Uh, you got to give Derek a lot of credit, JT. As you point out, this is not an easy set of circumstances to be under. Not only did you lose your head coach, but you essentially lost a guy that is intimately involved in every part of an offensive game plan and the communication system and how you call plays and the history that they had together. And so that's you know it's different. You know it it, it forced Greg Olson to do some things differently. Which by the way, I think he's done a masterful job. I think it speaks volumes about the type of coach and play caller that he is and his background. But, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, it's not just on Derek, but I would say Derek is, as the veteran and one of the leaders in that locker room, you, you have to have the conversation. You have to be able to sit down and say, guys, here's where we're at. Here's, where we, here's how we trail the Chiefs. This is Chiefs week. And if we can take care of business against the Chiefs, we get right back into this thing. We can, can control our destiny. But the, the, the Raiders, JT, they have to finish. You have to finish late in games. You've got to be able to finish late in the season. And I don't, I don't really think it's a conditioning issue with this football team. I think it's a mindset. You have to have that mindset that I don't care what happens. We're going to come away. We're going to go to Kansas City. We're going to come away with the win. That's what's going to happen. And some teams have the ability to do that. And I just, what's my concern is, is that the Raiders haven't shown the ability to do that the last couple of years. And are they going to be able to do it this year? That's what we're going to find out here the next five weeks. Wrapping it up with Rich Gannon. Rich, this is one of the most important questions I've ever asked you from a technical quarterback uh, question since I've met you in 1999. Why can't this team run up tempo? Where is the two-minute drill early? Why can't they come out in the first quarter 
And why is Derek at the line of scrimmage so often changing the play? And here's the big one. The clock is ticking down the play clock. Five, four, three. These defenses are good. They're looking at they're looking at Derek's helmet, and above it's a giant clock in the stadium that says he's got to snap it in two seconds. I am blown away that they can't play up tempo, or they refuse to. Now, that is that something you can work on more in practice, or do, do you see it when you break the huddle and you say we just can't go that way? We got to huddle. We got to take our time. JT, you can make the argument that there's not a quarterback and maybe an offense more prepared to go up-tempo, no huddle than the Raiders. I mean, think about what, what they've created there in terms of the one-word calls. And they're, they're, they, they have five different speeds with which they play at. Just had this conversation uh, with Coach Gruden this, this past, this past offseason. And so they can go, like, lightning fast. They can go up-tempo. I mean, they've got all these different speeds. And at some point when you're struggling, you point out the lack of production, the lack of scoring. You know, why not go up-tempo? You've got a quarterback that's got – is highly intelligent. I mean, you think about what Derek Carr does. You can make the argument there's no quarterback in football that has as much freedom and flexibility to light a scrimmage. But the, the ability to take control of the situation, to go up-tempo, and sometimes when you go up-tempo, you know, it, it really puts the pressure and the onus on the defensive coordinator. Now all of a sudden he's not able to make substitutions. Now all of a sudden he's not able to dial up all those exotic pressures and blitzes. I, I would like to see that as well because – you know, I think sometimes we try and be perfect. Sometimes there's a play call. I want to get the right personnel in the field. I want to get the right back with the right play. You know, I, I want to call this play because I want Josh Jacobs in there. I want to call this play because I want Kenyon Drake in there. You know, no longer obviously you no longer have Drake, but you know, so you're trying to make every forget it. Just 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 go up tempo. Jacobs can run it just as well as Drake. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect. And and I think some of that is trying to get everything just to be perfect. And and I think part of it falls on Derek because he's a smart guy. Sometimes you can be too smart. Sometimes you. You've got this concept in your mind, and you're trying to get the perfect front and coverage. You know what I mean? Let's just go up-tempo. Let's get the ball in the perimeter. Let's get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Let's get it to Jerry Rice and Tim Brown. Let them go make plays. I think that's got to be part of the mindset. It's not always about – I always say in a critical situation, it's never about plays. It's about players. Like if I'm Greg Olson, I'm like, I've got this back in Josh Jacobs. I'm going to wear him out here the next five weeks. The idea that he doesn't have 100 yards rushing this year is, is, is ridiculous. I'm going to go to the offensive line and say, guys, we're going to beat up on Kansas City. You want to keep Derek? You, you want to keep, uh, you want to keep uh, Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines? Let's run the football. Hey, look what the, look at the Patriots did the other night. And I get it. The, the weather was a, certainly a factor. The guy, they ran it 46 times. And, and what was the message? Like, okay, we're going to do whatever it takes to win. I think you've got to look at in critical situations and say, what do we got to do to get to, to win a game? Josh Jacobs has to be more of a factor. Okay, how can we how can we function without a healthy Darren Waller? Well, we got to do some different things with the tight end position, and Foster Moreau certainly can be a part of that. Well, Hunter Renfro's role has increased in the offense. We got to do more. We got to do more things to get him touched. But we've also got to be able to utilize Zay Jones and Brian Edwards and Deshaun Jackson. How can we creatively get these guys touches and get them going in the offense? I think that's to me is a big part of it, and I, I just. You know, that's where I'd start. You've got a quarterback that's really talented, really accurate. He needs a clean pocket. He's not going to be able to manufacture a lot of plays with his legs. But, you know, that's what I would do. I'd focus on, you know, don't worry so much about plays, but I'd focus on players. Get these guys some opportunities and some touches and see what they can do. MVP Rich Gannon. Rich, last one, and I appreciate your time. What's once a Raider, always a Raider. You know Mark Davis. You know this organization well going back to Al Davis, where do you think the organization is right now as we're here getting into mid-December 
knowing about some of these draft classes, the coaching situation, interim coach, what your role could be with a voice here. There's a lot of football left here for them to turn the season around, but what is your concern about this roster going forward and the potential for big changes in the offseason if they don't turn it around? I think in fairness, you have to look at what happened this year. I mean, it's so unusual to basically lose your head coach uh, in the middle of the season. So, um, you know, I, I would say that these next five weeks, there's a lot of teams out there. I'd say JT, I think the Vikings are one of them. You know, these next five weeks are critically important to a lot of people in the building. You know, if you're, you're a quarterback and your team hasn't won, and, you know, these next five weeks, how you finish, you know, could determine whether or not, uh, you know, you're part of the, the plan moving forward. Same thing with coaching staff. And I'm not talking in, in particular about the, the, the Raiders, but mm-hmm. in a way you are. I mean, if, it, if, if, it, if they, they win they win for the next five and they get into the postseason and all of a sudden they, they win a playoff game, all of a sudden you're saying, what an amazing job that Rich Bisacci and his coaching staff have done. And quite frankly, I like what I've seen from, from, from Rich and the staff. I think Greg Olson's done a terrific job. I, I think Gus Brown, I think the improvements we've seen defensively are significant. I mean, this team, was, this defense was really hard to watch a season ago. I think you look at some of the personnel changes that they've made on that side of the ball. I think you look at the impact that they've had. So I think there's some good things there when you look under the hood, and I think it's a bit premature. I think these next five weeks are critically important, not just for, for people on the Raiders in terms of players and coaches, but for a lot of people around the National Football League. Rich, have a great holiday season. Always value your time. The fans love hearing you on the flagship station. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Bro, you're the best. Thanks, pal. You got it. Rich Gannon. Wow. Whoa. That was something. All rich. I mean, look, I got a feeling about Rich Gannon. I'll just say it. You can figure it out what you want to figure out there, but I got a feeling about Rich Gannon. 